Hey everyone, GoFan here. Two quick things before we start this episode. Uh, first off, this episode has English and French in it without translations. So if you don't speak French, you'll want to pause this episode and go listen to the alternate version, which has translations. It should be the episode before this one in your feed, episode 3A, The City of Light. Um, and second off, for all of you, I really want to hear your thoughts about these stories. So when you're done listening, download the app Anchor, um, look me up by name, Ngofen Putubwele, and leave an audio message. Um, it helps me hear your thoughts and also hopefully can start a conversation. Again, my username on there is my name, Ngofen, N-G-O-F-E-E-N, Putubwele. And with that, let's get to the episode. You go to bed, wake up the next morning, think, okay, well, was it true what happened last night? And you turn on the TV again, and it's the same footage again and again and again. When the stampede happened, I looked at those stairs and I said, Andrew, go now. C'était de la crispation, en fait, d'apprendre que c'était en train d'arriver et qu'on faisait partie, en fait, de tout ça. Je me rappelle que c'était un vendredi, quoi, que, que j'étais trop content parce que c'était parce que mes premières deux semaines de vacances réelles euh, depuis que j'étais arrivé, donc début septembre, dans mon service. Pour mes vacances, j'avais pas prévu grand-chose, je crois, mis à part me reposer, prendre du recul et, euh, et me faire plaisir, euh, voilà, sort, enfin, voir les copains, sortir, faire du sport, euh, voilà, des choses somme toute banales, quoi. In general, I was excited about the day. I was excited. I, I, I had never done this before where I had hopped on a train just to go to a soccer game. You know, this was a 12-hour trip there and back to watch two really cool teams play each other. It was a friendly game, but it was pretty much me against my friend who lives in Paris. Kind of a fun rivalry to share for this game. Um, I woke up that day and I probably thought, oh my God, I have to go to work. I had just had a big, like major change in my job. I felt like I was not good enough to help my team. So I felt a lot overwhelmed with work. I guess I was really looking forward to that day to end because we had planned to go to Berlin, like I had um, taken a day off on the Monday, so three days to Berlin. It was, I guess, what I was thinking of on the Friday morning. So when I arrived at work that day, I didn't really care too much about work. Pretty much I was just waiting for that clock to hit noon so I could, so I could bust out and, and head to my train. And I'm pretty sure I thought this was the most important game on the face of the planet. The president of France was going to be there, and also it's France-Germany. People make a big deal out of it, um, and I'd say especially the French. My name is Andy Naunheimer, I'm an architect, and I live in Wiesbaden, Germany with my wife and young son. So I'm Kevin, I'm a I'm originally a province de Chartres. Mais à cette époque-là, j'habitais dans le 12e arrondissement. Voilà, j'étais entre Gare de Lyon et Bastille. Donc je pense que cette journée, j'ai pas beaucoup de souvenirs parce que j'en avais pas, pas grand-chose à faire. Euh, dans le sens où moi, je me focalisais sur la fin de la journée. <rire> My name's Julia, I'm 30 years old and I live in the 11th district in Paris. And I work for a small um, business travel company. Getting after the, the metro and 
about to get into the building at work, I guess I was starting to feel, you know, that knot in my in my belly. Like, oh, I don't want to go there. It's gonna be another shitty day. But you know, it's it's Friday again. Let's let's do it, and then and then it's over with. Just hoping that I'm not gonna spend ten hours at work, and hopefully, you know, be in time for dinner tonight. My first sighting of my friends was in uh, Gare de Lyon. They were coming from another train station and came in through the through the side entry. And we held up our phones to each other and just laughed. So there were actually three of us going to the game. Um, me, my friend who lives in Paris, and a third friend of ours who was passing through on his whirlwind tour of the world um, and timed it perfectly to stop in Paris and go to this game with us. So by the end of the day, you know, it's quite late, but I'm happy because I'm going to the restaurant with friends and then the next day we're off to our long weekend that was well deserved. So yeah, I guess I was relieved that day after work. The problem with being at a good cafe and a good restaurant is um, you lose track of the time. So we just kept eating. And then we look at our at our watch and it's, I think it was like 7.15, 7.30 and we said, shoot, you know, by the time we get on the Metro, head down to the stadium, walk fast, we'll be at the game, maybe at kickoff. J'ai un de mes meilleurs amis, Nico, qui, pour fêter le week-end, euh, fait une petite soirée chez lui, dans son petit 15 mètres carrés. <rire> en, en fait, je, je vais tellement chez Nicolas que je connais son code d'entrée par cœur. Et euh, <rire> du coup, j'ai pas eu besoin de sonner. Euh, donc j'ai fait son code d'entrée, je suis rentré. Donc euh, du coup bah je me suis dirigé vers sa porte et puis bah j'ai pas arrêté de toquer, 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 tu vois, toquer. Et puis euh, j'étais là genre ah, ouvre-moi, 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 <rire> comme d'habitude. Voilà. When we got off the train and I could see the lights of the stadium, that's something always that that's hit me. When I can see the stadium, when I can see the lights, that's when I really get psyched. All we're hearing is just cheering and people yelling in French and a few yelling in German back, so that was exciting. The stadium was packed, it was sold out. There was 80,000 people at this game. So we're, we're minutes to kick off. They're gonna do the coin toss, They're gonna, the captains are gonna shake hands. We got to our seats, we just look at each other and say, we're here. Um, yeah, the crowd, is, the crowd is in a frenzy and yeah, the mood was good. So it was a small restaurant, um, like not a lot of light, very, the atmosphere was nice. And we were seated apart from each other, like two tables of two. I guess girls seated next to each other and facing the boys. And then I remember Bertrand, he's always on his phone, watching the push notifications from the sports app. And so he's a big fan of soccer, so I just, you know, it's okay. He does that all the time. But then, you know, the look on his face, it was just starting to get a little bit worrying because, yeah, he started getting push notifications from um, that uh, newspaper app, Le Monde. On a su, en fait, euh, via la, la sœur de Pierre, qui lui a envoyé un message pour lui dire, écoute, est-ce que tu vas bien alors du coup, on s'est regardé, elle est un peu, elle est un peu perché, ta sœur, elle est un peu bizarre. 
pourquoi elle demande ça quoi Donc du coup lui lui demande, oui je vais bien, enfin je suis chez Nico, euh, pourquoi Et donc là elle dit écoute euh, il se passe des trucs sur Paris, apparemment il y aurait peut-être un attentat. First one was okay there's a shooting uh, in Paris and then we got a little bit more details there's a shooting in the 11th district and now you're like oh okay that's where we live then I guess the news that we had was okay there's actually several uh, shootings now and there's like 11 dead already during the first half maybe about I don't I don't remember when it was 15 20 minutes in there was a big boom and It sounded like firework. It really did. It sounded like an M80. It sounded like somebody had just either outside the stadium or even in the stadium had just lit a firework and went boom. And the crowd kind of went, ooh. You know, and my friends and I looked at each other and was like, hmm, maybe it was a firework. You know, the, the crowd was excited. Everybody was in a good mood still. The first half wasn't that old. And then the second one happened. And that one shook your chest, like when you're at a rock concert and the drummer hits um, the bass drum and you feel that in your chest, that's exactly what that sounded like and what it felt like. And the problem was, on the second boom, we saw a bunch of security just take off running. On ne savait pas du tout euh, combien d'attaques il y avait et où dans Paris. On savait qu'il y en avait dans le 11e, on savait qu'il y avait... Euh, qu'il y avait des attaques, qu'il y avait eu des attaques à, à Saint-Denis, des explosions. Mais on savait pas s'il allait y en avoir d'autres dans Paris en fait. Et donc du coup il y a eu euh, donc, cette espèce de crispation, de tension, et ensuite il s'est transformé en peur. Et euh, il voulait. Enfin, aucun des. aucune des, des autres personnes qui étaient avec moi voulait sortir en fait. C'était euh, la, la crispation en fait, d'apprendre que c'était en train d'arriver. Et qu'on qu faisait partie en fait de, de tout ça. At halftime, that's when the shit hit the fan. Immediately, phones started going off. My friend got a flurry of texts I could hear ringing around me. People in the stadium started finding out what was happening outside the stadium, about the hostage situation, about the shootings at the restaurants. I guess it's when my mom called, and she wouldn't usually call me after nine. So she was a bit stressed, and she was like, oh, where are you? Because We're in, in front of the TV and they're saying that there's a, there's a shooting in Paris. So where are you? So, you know, well, well, we're just at a restaurant. Don't worry, mom, we're good. It's probably nothing. We didn't see it, but there were reports um, from people in the stadium that said at halftime, um, the president uh, immediately left. Well, that might have even happened before, but I remember, I remember that Everybody was saying, oh yeah, he left, and he left in a hurry. And people were kind of focusing and concentrating on, okay, what do we do when we go home? Um, what's the deal with public transit? Because towards the end of the game, we got word that the entire metro was shut down, that they just stopped the metro. And, you know, that's when I told Andrew, I said, they can't do that. There's 80,000 people here at the stadium. Maybe it was just me, but I was trying to catch other people's uh, looks in the restaurant, like trying to figure out if they were aware of what we knew and what's going on. And it seemed like they were all just having, you know, normal dinner. Um, so then I tried to look at the waitress and 
and waiter waiters and even them seem just you know like in in the rush of their job so it felt a little bit unreal we seemed to be the only ones who knew and started to feel a little bit anxious about it moi j'étais hyper frustré en fait j'avais qu'une envie c'était d'y aller et euh, je me suis fait engueuler parce qu'à bah, un moment j'ai mis mes godasses et j'ai dit euh, je, peux, je peux pas rester là en fait je peux pas rester là en sachant ce qui se passe et, euh, et, et, et en restant ici je peux pas, c'est pas possible et euh, en fait bah, là ils se sont mis euh, à 5, ils ont commencé à me parler ils ont commencé à moitié à m'engueuler en à moitié en même temps ouais, je comprends mais il faut que tu restes ils me disaient euh, c'est trop dangereux euh, tu, tu, tu peux pas y aller T'as même pas ton arme, euh, tu sais pas ce qui se passe, tu arriveras pas, arriveras pas à aller jusque là-bas euh, tout seul, euh, voilà. Donc euh, voilà. Et en fait, moi, j'étais, j'étais tellement frustré. Enfin, j'étais prêt à faire n'importe quoi pour aller là-bas, juste pour aider quoi. Au moins pour aider en fait tous les blessés. Il y avait besoin de main d'œuvre en fait. We didn't really know what we were gonna do. We we didn't know if we would be able to catch the metro because from the latest news the, there was a, a shooting that was still going on um, at Oberkampf uh, metro station. So that's on line 9th, which is our line to get back home. What, what, what do we do? Do we take a Uber or do, do we walk home? Are we safe here? Are we not safe here? They're obviously continuing to play the game. But it was like a good hour walk. Um, so we decided, okay, let's, let's just try and catch a metro home. We'll see. Je voulais partir pour être un policier et faire mon travail. Et, je voulais, et on me demandait de rester. Et je me suis aussi, enfin, je me suis aussi euh, forcé à rester, il hein, faut, 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 faut être clair, mais aussi pour, euh, pour faire mon taf de policier et rassurer les gens en fait. Je pense que ma présence en fait rassurait du fait que j'étais policier alors que concrètement je faisais pas grand chose, à part bouillir quoi. Le seul truc que je suis allé faire c'était aller chercher des bières. <rire> We didn't actually leave until the game ended. And when the game ended, uh, immediately there was an announcement that um, the public transit system had been shut down in the center of Paris, but that trains were still running um, from the stadium. What we did is we, we left the stadium, um, we walked down, and um, we were walking down the steps of one of the big, yeah, one of the big staircases coming down from the stadium. And we were supposed to meet Micah. He was actually sitting in another part of the stadium, and we had arranged um, a specific, uh, specific location for us to meet afterwards. And if you can imagine, um, kind of a large plaza um, that's raised above the street, where you're blocked in on three sides, and it, there's only one direction to run, and that direction narrows. And Andrew and I were already there waiting. Uh, we're waiting for about five minutes. And then all of a sudden we heard a couple small bangs, um, what sounded like firecrackers maybe. And then we saw people running. We found ourselves literally in the middle of a stampede. 
and it literally went from zero to 60 in about three seconds where people started running and started screaming and at this point you know your mind is racing you have no idea what's going on is there a shooter is there a bomb you know we already heard everything that was happening around paris you have no idea because of that you know i'm going through in my mind i'm really saying oh shit this is where people die we started feeling like there was real danger coming out of that restaurant so we we caught one metro but the 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 metro was very slow and we could see that nine uh, out of the nine stops three were like marked red they would do they would they wouldn't stop strasbourg saint denis république and oberkampf so obviously three stations where that thing was happening we knew from the news and I remember so everyone on, on the metro seemed again not aware of what's go- what was going on and then at a moment I remember this guy French guy saying oh 34 now just that he was he was alone I guess he was on his phone and okay so in my mind I'm like 34 Could it be that now the, the, the news is saying there's, the, there's 34 dead people? Before the game, I noticed sets of stairs um, exiting this plaza. And they were really discreet, really hard to see. If you were in a stampede, you would never notice them because you'd be panicking. When the stampede happened, I looked at those stairs and I said, Andrew, go now. I don't think I've ever gripped somebody so hard in my life by the arm because we didn't want to get separated. I had nowhere else to go and didn't know what to do. And when 5,000 people are running uh, across the plaza, you're never going to find the person if you lose them. We were able to make our way down the flight of stairs relatively quickly, and then we were in an open street. But then it was like, oh, my God, where's Micah? And do we really want to go back up to the plaza? Because that's where we have to go to meet him, and that's what we said. So... We ended up waiting about another 10 minutes and then made our way up to the plaza again. And sure enough, he was standing at the pole like nothing had ever happened. He had no idea that there had been a stampede. It was, it was started and over that fast. So when we finally get to Sharon, our metro stop, we, we got off. I remember being a little bit anxious because it supposedly was happening in the neighborhood like it and we didn't we didn't really know what it was so we walk up to the street and then it was just empty nothing you could couldn't hear anything really empty and dark dans la rue c'était hyper calme c'était assez perturbant d'ailleurs je pense qu'en fait tout le monde était scotché sur son soit sa télévision soit sur son pc pour avoir des nouvelles et en fait, la rue était vraiment complètement déserte. Quoi, j'ai jamais vu le quartier aussi calme. The last thing that happened, we ended up getting on the train, um, and that took us to the stop right before they closed um, the, the middle city stops in Paris. And we got out, and from there we were going to walk to um, a friend of Andrew's who had an apartment there, and we were going to spend the night um, 
because we had nowhere else to go and we actually couldn't get home. What was really scary is during our walk, um, you know, you're walking through Paris streets, which are supposed to be romantic and nice and lit well. You know, we saw SWAT. We saw French SWAT, French special police, you know, in firing positions, in tactical positions on the street, clearing buildings and motioning us to hurry up and walk. So these quiet Paris streets or these beautiful romantic Paris streets that we're supposed to be walking down are actually terrifying alleyways where people could jump out or shoot or kill or do whatever they want in an instant. But anyway, we rushed to the apartment when we, we got there. So it was probably around 11.30 p.m. First thing we did was turn on the, the TV for the news channel, live news channel, and, you know, try and figure out what had happened and what was still happening. And that's when we realized that a block away from our house, there had been a shooting and I guess more than 10 people died at the restaurant. We, we kept watching the news and I was like, okay, come on, it's, it's late. We have to catch our plane tomorrow. We need to get some rest. And Bertrand was sitting on the couch just stuck to the television like he couldn't get his eyes off it and I told him okay maybe an hour after we got home I told him you know you should come to bed and get some rest and he was like this there's just no way there's too much happening it's too it's too horrible I have to like I have to see I have to see it come to an end and that's when he, he decided that we wouldn't go to Berlin the next day I guess he, you know, watched the news until maybe 2.30 and you go to bed. So after seeing the French um, special police, um, it wasn't more than two minutes before we made it to uh, Andrew's friend's house. And, um, and essentially we stayed up for two, three hours um, watching the news. Moi, j'ai dit à Nico que j'allais rester dormir chez lui parce qu'en plus, j'habitais bah, pas très loin de Charonne et tout. Bah, ça craignait un peu que je rentre. Du coup, on va se coucher. Euh, il était peut-être 3-4 heures du mat. Euh, euh, on, on va se coucher, ouais. On était, on était, toi, moi, j'étais rincé, tu vois. J'avais fait euh, quasiment une journée non-stop sans dormir, en fait. Donc, euh, j'étais vraiment rincé de chez rincé. Honestly, when I went to bed, I was only thinking that if we were not going to Berlin, it would be a horrible weekend because I really needed to to get away from it all, like it all being my life. And I guess what I first thought was, oh, damn, why did it have to happen now? And I know it's very selfish, but there's sometimes in your life when you just, you know, sometimes it's just you that matters. And it's, it's only been a few days after that I understood Bertrand's decision. We probably got up around nine, turned the news back on and kept seeing the same footage. But Bertrand really felt like he wanted to just walk around the neighborhood and, you know, pay his respects. Um, So we did, and I felt so uncomfortable when we 
got in front of that restaurant, um, La Belle Equipe, so it translates to the, the good team, I guess, um, right across the corner, really. And on the left is a sushi place. On the right, there was a very old bakery. And opposite, on the other side of the street, there was like a beauty salon. And first thing I, re like I noticed, it was, there was a hole in the beauty salon uh, window uh, from a gunshot. And there was a cat inside of it, like inside the beauty salon. And I remember people like walking by and like some people were taking picture of that kitten thinking, oh, that's so cute. And you're like, are you serious? No, <laughs> I don't think you understand what happened, just happened here. So I was mad and I really felt out of place because I could see all those people crying, like obviously they had lost someone and I felt like I shouldn't have been there because it, like it was not my turn yet. Like I could come later to pay my respect, but now was not the time for me. So yeah, I think that was not our turn to to be there. Like let the let the people who actually need to pay their respect be there and then we'll come back some other day. So I convinced Bertrand that we should go back home and was probably you know nothing we just we we were home doing nothing tv watched the news over and over that was it ces interviews ont été enregistrées juste avant le premier anniversaire des attentats à paris qui était le 13 novembre 2016 there's only been one other time that i've been scared for my life and Paris was the second. Um, I can't even remember the first, so clearly I must have not been that scared. But I will for sure remember Paris uh, forever. Um, the thing that always plays in my mind is during the stampede, if I was with Abby and Aaron, um, that would have been absolutely terrifying uh, because we would have been holding him and trying to run. And I just think about that over and over and over. You know, and if it's just me alone running, you know, I feel fairly equipped. If something's going to happen, it's going to happen to me. But to know that if I'm with my wife and my son, um, yeah, that was a hard thing to process after. Um, and probably something that'll stay with me. It makes me think about other places in the world where people have to run or where you have to be fearful for your life. Islamic State group has claimed responsibility tonight for the Berlin truck attack that killed a dozen people and injured 50. The organization Amnesty International has said the Myanmar's attacks on the country's Rohingya Muslims may amount to crimes against humanity. And let's return to Nigeria where Bama town in Borno State has been left in ruins. People in rebel-held parts of eastern Aleppo, dozens of bombs were being dropped on his neighborhood. I, I think you can't imagine What, what's life like now? Is is like that's about to Yes. And what did this? Oh, everything okay? Is everything okay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. I, I want to tell you that this is this is what's going on here now. It's it's horrific. It's a kind really. A, a bit. 
It's about an extermination, believe me. Salut tout le monde, c'est Ophen. Merci d'avoir écouté cet épisode. Il y a une deuxième partie de cette histoire que je vais publier la semaine prochaine. La deuxième partie suit le week-end de Kevin. Donc voici un morceau de l'épisode. Et euh, bah du coup sur ce, bah je, je raccroche. J'appelle le père de Marion, la mère de Marion. La mère répond pas. Le père, je lui laisse un message. Je suis un copain de Marion, je suis sur Paris. Je suis fonctionnaire de police. S'il y a besoin de quoi que ce soit pour aider, si euh, voilà, euh, moi je vous aide à la retrouver. Je, je, je dis, moi je ferai ce que je peux. On se verra au prochain épisode. Merci. Please leave your message. Hi, this is Andy calling from Wiesbaden, Germany. The Power Is Out is produced by Gofen and Puntubwele. Mixing by Brandon Buller. Music today by Wood Spider, Mon Plazer, Tom Cody, and Nathan Hack. Check out the episode description for the full music credits. And see you next episode. The tears that couldn't come out on that day, or the few days after, they're more ready to come out now. So... There's a lot of emotions that come to me whenever we talk about it and someone tells me that they lost someone or someone was hurt. So, yeah, it's, it's not over. Like, the, the grieving is not over. Um, but, again, I still feel so lucky that I'm still there and everyone I know is still there, that it's okay to... Keep on grieving.